What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm not with my good friend Matt Hess. Sadly, I, once again, Matt is just really like dropping the ball, mm-hmm. man. He really is. Like he needs to. Like, does he even work? What does he even do with his life? I don't know. It's I not think like he's... he's in charge of a network or something. I mean, like, <laughs> come on, Matt. Let's just let it go. Like, yeah, just let it go. So. Jermaine, Jermaine Wall, our good friend Jermaine Wall has stepped up to pinch hit for Matt in the clutch. So he's okay. gonna he's coming in, and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit today. Jermaine is uh, a church planning resident with the Fellowships Network, and uh, he's over at Fellowship Pickering right now, uh, the the church that Matt planted. And he's been with us for uh, a couple of years now, and he's actually working out in Oshawa, in the same city that that I'm at. And so uh, he has uh, God's called. Him and his wife out here to be on mission and to, to help plant churches, and so uh, he's been laboring already. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about like, some of the work that that he's been doing and what God's been doing through uh, through him and his efforts since the him and his family moved out here to Oshawa. But before we get into all that, I want to remind you guys that this podcast uh, is by your everyday church planter for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and proclaim the kingdom of God. Um, so uh, we're glad that you're with us today. So Jermaine, uh, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit to audience, let them know like uh, who you are and uh, how you know us and uh, yeah, how you became a part of the Fellowships Network. Yeah, so I've been part of the Fellowships Network for three years now, okay. wow. and uh, discovered uh, the fellowships through my brother Gary, who uh, has been attending uh, Fellowship Church Rouge Park, another plant mm-hmm. the fellowships for quite some time now. And uh, yeah, we moved out to Oshawa. It'll be I'm like losing track now. Almost it'll be almost three years now. Wow. And uh, it's definitely not something that we uh, envisioned God doing in our lives when we first got married. Um, but uh, we we found our way out here through God's providence, and uh, we've been loving it here and living here. Um, we have three beautiful kids, and yeah, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. So you're um, part of the church planning residency now, and like, did you did you see yourself being in full time ministry? Like when you first uh, started attending Fellowship Pickering? Absolutely not. Okay, so why don't you kind of like, yeah, talk a little bit about that because when you, because that's what I thought, like when you first came to Fellowship Pickering, that wasn't something that was really on your radar and you went from that to like being in the church planning residency within like a year and a half. So walk us through that process. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, when we, when we moved out to Oshawa, we were looking for a church uh, where we could get discipled and uh, that was a huge factor for us and we were looking for a place where our kids could have uh, friends and and, and peers and, and be poured into in that way. And so we, we, we didn't uh, come here looking for ministry. We, didn't, we just we were looking for a healthy church to mm-hmm. be in, and uh, especially given the fact that we, we had just moved. Yeah. And so um, I think uh, I've, I've been involved in ministry for actually quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say like maybe 10 years now okay. at least. But I never picture myself in professional ministry, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. where it's attached to your career or your vocation. And so I think for me, I had a lot of uh, misconceptions about what that looked like. Mm-hmm. I think I had seen one type of ministry pretty much my whole life. Uh, it was usually uh, 
and this is no offense to anybody who fits this description, but I always saw it as like kind of the Stallworth uh, shepherd who would, you know, settle down for 10 years in, in, in one church and uh, just kind of love on people. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't agree with that. It's not no. that that's not, I don't think that's biblical. I just always saw, felt that my gift set was a little different. I always had kind of a, a more creative edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love to be in the community meeting people. I always love to uh, start things and, and, and innovate and, and create. And it wasn't until I got into the fellowships where uh, guys like Matt and yourself and Seba uh, started to show me, hey, that's actually what we may call the spiritual gift, the apostolic gift set. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I started to realize that uh, maybe I was cut out for ministry. Maybe God did give me uh, the gifts that I needed to succeed. Yep. And, and so That's right. it's been a journey. Yeah. So did you find yourself like um, ever like feeling kind of frustrated or something like that? Um, because I know like a lot of times like people who are more apostolically wired um, when they're in a, a, a traditional church mold uh, will kind of almost feel like there's not a place uh, for them. Absolutely, and I, I've been involved in a number of parachurch ministries and and local church ministries, and it seemed like uh, the the ongoing trend that I noticed was uh, mostly about the status quo. Mm-hmm. And when uh, and like I said, I love shepherds. I think they're absolutely essential to the body. I just noticed that uh, when a shepherd is by himself, mm-hmm. it, the sometimes. In some of my experiences, I've noticed that it becomes about survival and slowing down and, uh, Sorry, you know, guys. just reducing risk, reducing the amount of risk that we take. Slow down. We need to protect the, the herd. We need to protect the sheep. And uh, let's just slow down and not take any risks. And And whenever I would come to the table naturally with my gift set saying like, Hey, let's go out. Let's explore. Let's reach people. Let's try something new. Let's shake it up. Let's uh, let's go where nobody's going. Let's try the things that nobody's trying. Mm-hmm. I would often get shut down. Yeah, nine out of ten times I would get shut down, and it grew very frustrated. Yeah, most of the time. So yeah, for sure. You almost just quoted Peyton Jones there. If you want to reach the ones nobody else is reaching, you got to do what nobody else is doing. No, I actually. It was oh, a, you were doing. It, that I on was purpose? quoting him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's uh. That that line has stuck out stood out to me for many for many months now, and it's mm-hmm. been kind of part of my DNA. I'll say so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, man. I I think it's you know like it's definitely one of the things I've discovered since like leaving uh, Texas when we left Texas, you know, four years ago, and we came up here to to plant this church. Just how important um, that balance is in the APES balance. You know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. And it's not what this episode is about, but. It's still, I think, uh, it's a part of your story. It's also a part of my story as well because I'm, you know, I'm also very much wired like that and found myself, um, like, really clearly pretty early on saying, like, I don't fit this traditional mold of, like, what I thought was expected of me, which is to, you know, be a youth pastor and then you, maybe you can graduate and go be the, the, a real pastor at a yeah. little bit bigger of a church or whatever. And I, I just saw that and I was like, I have no interest in doing that at all. Like, that's yeah. just not me. So, yeah. So... Um, well, man, so you are bivocational, so you have a job. In fact, you don't just have a job, you own your own business. That's right. Uh, and so from the get go, it's kind of been your goal and your strategy to, uh, to, you know, to maintain that, to continue to work, 
uh, and to support your family in that way and also do ministry uh, vocationally and mm-hmm. the way that you're and, and to be honest, we'll talk about this a little bit, but that's pretty critical up here in Canada because um, there's not, you know, the church, churches up here are not bursting at the seams with cash. No. Um, there's just not that many Christians. No. Uh, and it's very difficult t- to get a church to a place where they can support a full-time pastor up here. So uh, why don't you share a little bit about what you do, like what's what's your job? Right. So my my business card says that I'm a creative entrepreneur. Okay. So... Uh, I love business. I love entrepreneurialism. I love starting things. I love uh, making money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And not that I love money, but just the pursuit of trying to create a product or service Mm -hmm. that uh, positively affects people's lives. And then uh, trying to figure out how to turn it to something that's profitable is is fun to me. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that for a living is awesome. I, Mm -hmm. I primarily do that through offering web design and graphic design services. Uh, I've At first, I, I did a lot of work for churches and parachurch ministries, mm-hmm. but I've been getting a lot of corporate and uh, kind of jobs with small businesses as well. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy my work. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome, man. So um, you you primarily work like out of the house, right? And, and also in the coffee shop. Absolutely. Yes, Wherever that. I can get a, an outlet. Yeah. Now, I know like one of the, one of the, um, advantages that people often talk about with bivocational ministry is that when you're in the workplace, like you're able to, uh, you know, build relationships with coworkers, you know, it kind of expands, uh, the, um, uh, your Oikos map or for those who don't know what an Oikos is like your relationships, uh, you know, the number of relationships that you can make, but your job is particularly, you don't have like coworkers. And so in a lot of ways, like, um, even your, your job is a lot like church planting, would you say like that? Like, so I don't know. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, um, do you find that your line of work enables you to be able to connect with more people? Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because I really thrive off of variety. Mm-hmm. And so I get to work with, uh, at any given time, at sometimes up to 10 different people at once. Yeah. And I'm the kind of guy that I'm not just going to talk to you about the website or the brochure or whatever. We're talking about life. We're talking about ministry. We're talking about, you know, our families and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so that's with the clients. Yeah. And then uh, just the flexibility I get to to be able to work out of a Starbucks or, or, or Tim Hortons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm meeting people all the time. Uh, just whether it's because I'm seeing them regularly at the coffee shop or... It's the barista mm-hmm. who who's serving my coffee and maybe met him or her a couple times and mm-hmm. start to develop a, a friendship with them. And so I just have that freedom to be able to kind of go, come and go as I please. Sure. Uh, all the while having that kind of not no fixed work uh, work area, no fixed uh, office hours. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely gives you a lot of freedom. So, all right. Walk me through like... Um, you know, a, a typical day, right? You show up at Starbucks or something like that. Like, what does it look like to actually start those conversations, uh, say, with the barista that you've been seeing over and over again? Like, because there may be, I think sometimes, like, uh, we'll hear people talking about, like, oh, you know, like, I just built this relationship, you know, with this, you know, barista over time. and But we don't ever hear, like, but how? You know, how did you build that relationship? What kind of questions were you asking? And, you know, did when when did you 
when did you first have a gospel conversation? Was it the first time you met them? Stuff like that. Yeah, I find I find that uh, it has to do with regularity. Mm-hmm. Going to a place regularly has to do uh, for me. It's it's often been uh, introducing myself, um, remembering their name is a big part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. they have name tags. Yeah. So you. So can, if you can't remember their name, then maybe yeah. you need to find a new line of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then it's it's about showing an interest in those people. Yeah. So I don't ever make it about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to show an interest in them, ask them how their day's going, how they ended up working there, mm. uh, how the business is doing, uh, success wise. Like you know, are they getting a lot of uh, sales? Or is there good foot traffic? Uh, how's like if it's a new location, how they're doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll talk to them about the products. Yeah. So I'll, I'll intentionally try. Like the Starbucks I go to has, I think, almost eight blends. Mm-hmm. I'll intentionally try each one mm. and talk to them about it. Wow. So I'll stand there. I'll, I'll taste it. This is bitter. This is sweet. Yeah. This is fruity. This is nutty, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it really boils down to how intentional you are to talk to them yeah. and uh, the time that you're willing to invest in that person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, you know this to be true, though. When you spend time with people, people want to talk about themselves. Yep. And so... I'd say like after two or three times of meeting a person mm. and you start to talk to them about their job and they still, they're very open to tell you that, you know, maybe if they're having a hard day or if, if, uh, if they like their job or not, it'll come out very easily if you're, if you've developed a pattern of mm. showing interest in them good. and uh, you're then able to speak into whatever pain point they have, whether it's uh, dissatisfaction with life or a lack of joy mm. or, uh, interpersonal conflict there's a, a number of ways to find those seams into the conversation yeah you just have to listen that's good man what's um you have like a, a story and an example from that kind of sticks out to you of just somebody that you've been able to connect with um you know during the last you know six months 12 months yeah so um there was a guy who I met uh, at the basketball courts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I play pickup or drop in basketball a couple days a week. And the first, I, I, I switched over to a new gym, the one that's at the university. And the first guy I run into, uh, we were kind of just playing on the same net. We both had our headphones on. And uh, I just decided that I would say hi to him mm-hmm. and uh, just asked him how many times he's been coming out. Asked him how you know if this if he enjoys it here or if he plays at any other gyms. Uh, he then proceeded to invite me to a another run that happens on Saturday mornings, mm. and I went out to it. Wanted to meet this guy. Turns out he l- lives like two minutes away from my house, mm. and uh, just started to connect with him. Uh, a couple weeks later, I run into him again at Starbucks, and I say, "How's it going, man?" And we start to talk, and I just started to notice some of the words he was using. I said. Hey man, are you Christian? Mm. He goes, I absolutely am. <laughs> and uh, we ended up talking about church planning and ministry for an hour and a half, wow. just sitting there. And uh, you know, he was just really curious and had a lot of questions. Mm. But it's just funny because if I hadn't had that initial conversation, I would have never known that about no. him. No. And uh, it turns out that the Saturday morning basketball run that he runs is specifically to meet lost people. Oh wow! <laughs> and so you know, it's just cool to, yeah. to see those overlaps. That is cool. And I know, and like you've told, you were telling me um, that 
so the college that you live right right across That's from right. has a ton of international students yeah. as well. And I know you've gotten to connect with international students, mm-hmm. play, you know, like playing basketball and stuff. There's one one guy in particular that you've been spending a lot of time with. I know, yeah. and I don't want to I don't want to say too much because I don't I don't know how much you want to share. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I'll tell that story. I mean, I it's interesting because there was a you know in some some churches in the fellowships we we use surveys mm-hmm. to uh to generate conversations mm-hmm. and usually the survey will be you know four or five questions yeah. about their life and their view of god and, and faith and the goal is to get to know a person and so to by god's grace share the gospel with them mm-hmm. and uh I, I initiated a conversation with a young guy and uh started sharing the gospel with him after realizing that he he had been carrying a lot of baggage a lot of spiritual baggage Mm -hmm. uh he he gave his life to jesus and then i never heard from him again dude uh disappeared started ignoring basically ignored all my calls that never happens in church never once it's the first time (laughs) it's ever happened and so he just disappeared and uh my uh, leah my wife she's like she called this a stalker move, but I went back to the Tim Hortons the week after <laughs> to see if he would be there because I was like, I can't give up. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't find him, that's fine. But mm-hmm. I'm at least I'm going to go here. So I went back same day, same time, and uh, there's another young guy sitting in the same booth, and uh, of course I see him, and I this the spirit is saying like, yeah, go talk to him. And at this point, I'm feeling a little gun shy because, you know, it was just like, well, what, look what happened last week. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, got over myself, went over and, sh- and shared the gospel with him. And it, he was a turns out he was an international student uh, from from Asia mm-hmm. and uh, was able to share the gospel with him and to give him a Bible. And I've actually had far more success, so to speak, with him because we've maybe hung out five or six times. Mm-hmm. He's played basketball with us a, a number of times. Uh, I was able to share, uh, send a video uh, uh, sharing the gospel in Mandarin with him like oh. last week, and he responded really well to it. And so it just goes to show, like you have to have that margin to be able to do that. And uh, I love uh, regular corporate. I think that God needs us all in all different spheres of life. And mm-hmm. But that kind of thing could be done during a lunch break. Yeah. you know. Right. So it's not to say that I only can do that kind of thing because I have so much spare time, but mm-hmm. if you're intentional and you're faithful, mm-hmm. you can do that. Well, that's one of the things that I actually wanted to, to bring up because one of the patterns I'm noticing just talking to you right now is that a lot of the things that you're doing, you're, you're doing, you're on mission, doing things you already would have been doing, even if you weren't on mission, you're just being intentional as you do them. Cause like, I know you've told me like you're trying to play basketball several times a week, right. To keep your cardio up. Right. Yeah. So but you're also using that time as like specific. I'm looking for people that I can share with, that I can have gospel conversation with. Yeah. So you're getting your workout in, which is something you would have done anyways. Well, at the same time, you know, you're getting to connect with lost people, right? And then, you know, obviously as an entrepreneur, you know, people like you and I, you know, we've got unique schedules. And a lot of the people honestly living and listening to this podcast do too. Yeah. Like they have a lot of freedom. Um and so we have the ability to be able to take our laptops to a coffee shop and get some work done. Yeah. Um, but it's about like how intentional you're being. And I'll be like the first to admit like you're, you are far better at that than I am. And so is Matt. Like you and Matt are far more extroverted than me. I'm, most people that don't know me well don't realize that I'm actually pretty introverted. Mm. Uh, it's just that I sound extroverted when I'm in front of a mic or on a yeah, stage. You're, you're a passionate guy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
but yeah, I mean, like it's something that, that I strive to do better is, is to be more intentional when, you know, I'm at the coffee shop or, you know, at the basketball court or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you have to go there. So my, I know that there mm-hmm. are a lot of pastors who listen to this yep. podcast. Yep. Yeah. And, and not, uh, not just church planners, but yeah, pastors, mm-hmm. established pastors. Yep. And, uh, you know, yeah, you have, a, you have a nice office and you should use that to your benefit, but you know, I would suggest once or twice a week scheduling an hour or two, even just at the same spot. Yep. I know a church in, in, in Toronto that they they have a weekly church uh, weekly staff meeting, but mm-hmm. the fourth week of every month they do it at a at a restaurant mm. uh, around the corner from the church, and they're just there and they're laughing and hanging out, and they've been able to pray and share the gospel with a number of people just because you know you go there two three times and people are like, hey, what's this about? Yep. It's true. You know, so anybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, um, let's talk about some of the like advantages of, of being a business owner, an entrepreneur working at home and, uh, church planting simultaneously. What would you say are some of the advantages of that? Well, we already touched on the, the flexibility of the calendar. Uh, I think, uh, one of my favorite advantages is, is not having to commute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, commuting really, especially in a city like this. Yeah. Really, you know, if you're in the car for two hours a day, that's 10 hours a week where you can't. And the thing is, is I'm not even suggesting that you should be using those 10 hours, like don't commute and then just share the gospel for 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's even just, I'm able to be with my kids and have breakfast with them mm. and read a book to them. Yeah. And, have a coffee with my wife for, for half an hour. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge part of it. I would say uh, another advantage is uh, as I promote my business, as I make sales, as I develop customer service and, and, and tangible work skills, mm-hmm. I also am able to observe the pulse of, of culture and observe where people are at and yeah. how decisions are being made and where technology is going. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's given me, it's almost like a barometer for the world. Mm-hmm. And it's and it forces me to be aware that yeah. like I can't get stuck in a bubble of whatever my industry is. Like I have to focus on who's buying my stuff, and that helps in ministry because it's ultimately about people. Mm-hmm. So yep, absolutely. Those would be the two big things. Yeah, you know, you know, another advantage for your particular job is that because you're a graphic designer and stuff, that you can design your own things for. Yeah, uh, you know, for like logos and That's a big you know deal. cards, bro- you know, like yeah. uh, mailers stuff like that. Yeah, we'll have, definitely helps we'll a lot. Have, we'll have good branding. Yeah, one day yeah, I'm pretty sure. Will, and, uh, I'm I'm married to one, so I scored big time on there as well. So it's a good it's a good duo. <laughs> it is it is a good duo. So, yeah. what about some of the disadvantages? What would you say are some of the challenges of like owning your own business, um, and at the same time, you know, trying to uh, do church planning, live on mission, be a missionary, essentially. Well, the thing is, is uh, there's nobody telling you how to how to be budgeting your time. You're not clocking in anywhere. You're mm-hmm. not punching out anywhere. There's no boss who who hovers over you for being late. Yep. Um, and so you have to really be intentional about your time. You have to build that structure yourself. Mm-hmm. So that would be probably uh, the biggest struggle there. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is is uh, finances. You know, the nature of, of, of being self-employed is your, your income fluctuates. Yeah. I'm very blessed to have a wife who is very diligent and detail-oriented, and so she is able to to budget very well for, for how we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's developed a nice system to be able to kind of 
uh, work around some of the challenges. So like, not only do you make different amounts of money, but you get paid at different times. Mm -hmm. And so the bank doesn't care about that. Your landlord doesn't care about that. So you have to have money ready for the first, but I may not be necessarily getting paid before the first. Mm -hmm. And so there's a a little bit of gymnastics that have to happen. And so that that's definitely a challenge and has put pressure on us. And Mm -hmm. as church planting becomes even more real for us, like, you know, yeah, money is going to be an issue always. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely will. And do you find that like, because not only is church planting like this, but in your own businesses like this is that I think the lines for, uh, you know, when does work start and end can really get blurred and it's easy to take your work home with you and to find yourself working till 10 PM at night to be engaged. So yeah, so you want to talk about that? I, I, I don't, I, maybe it's just, it's God's grace in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a super hard time with that That's only good. because, uh, we have kids. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I'd say about two years ago, I started embracing a shorter work day mm-hmm. and that has paid amazing dividends for for our family mm-hmm. uh, and so if i get off work at 4 uh 4 p.m there's no commute i just walk upstairs and i'm done work i can't really get back into work because now i'm focused on spending time with my kids mm-hmm. uh getting dinner on the table getting them in bed and usually by 7 30 the kids are down and we're mm-hmm. just too wiped uh and so the, i actually find that we get a lot of ministry work done in the evening because mm-hmm if like I'm going to life group or if I'm discipling someone, then it's right after bedtime yeah, and I usually yeah. will schedule it for mm-hmm. that. Okay. Um, but I will say that the lines do get blurry because I, they all happen on my laptop. Mm. So yep. when you're doing ministry work and business work and it's all in the same box, mm-hmm. you know, I'm shifting between preparing for a discipleship meetup and then I'm sending out an invoice and mm-hmm. then I flip back to, updating facebook and then i'm back to and sometimes it's hard to tell so it it really comes down to scheduling i think yeah it does yeah those laptops can be tricky especially with that that email inbox because yeah yeah. you're right you just it's just such a temptation to always check it you know uh and things are coming in and so i think i probably struggle with it more than you do just because we don't have kids yet Mm. and so it's easy for me to you know just um it's, I guess there's a temptation to kind of be a workaholic a little bit and right. to just can, you know, just like work straight through and, uh, you know, sometimes. So yeah. my wife is very low key. She's mm-hmm. really, uh, uh, before we got married, I'd be out six, six nights a week mm-hmm. here and there all over the place, getting back at whatever hours, erratic sleep times. Mm. And my wife is really, uh, she, she's, she's my anchor when it comes to this kind of thing. She really, believes in 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 rest Mm -hmm. she's taught me how to rest uh resting is a skill Mm -hmm. something that i never thought i would have to learn how to do uh not just seizing work but even seizing your mind yeah and it's not thinking about work and talking about work and she'll be sometimes she'll be really blunt with me and she's like you need to just don't talk to me about work Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i'm done yeah and you should be done too Mm -hmm. let's watch this movie let's hang out yeah so having her has been a huge blessing for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that rest is probably something that church planters suck at the most is just in general, you know, not everybody. I'm sure there's some church planters out there that are good at it, but yeah, it's hard because I think the nature of church planters in general is to be hustlers, right? You know, like mm. we've got like nobody else because there's nobody watching over our shoulders. So we feel That's like right. we've got to be out there grinding. We've got to be out there, you know, 
giving it everything we've got. And so there's this tendency to like push too hard. And there's no shortage of work. No, absolutely not. So it's not like uh, you leave the office and you know you check everything off your list and then you're free. Right. Like, there's no there's no shortage of of uh, of of you know problems that come up with with you, whether it's your church members or no or something that needs to be done like there's there's always more work than time so yeah that's right that's right so what would you say like just overall do you think that as the church we should be moving towards bivocational ministry more and and why or why not my uncle is a church planner in France. Okay. And he he was here this last summer and he said to me, uh, if you want to understand the future of a colony, you have to look at the colonizer. Okay. And so Canada is a European colony. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stem from, from England mm-hmm. and from France. And so you have to look at where those countries are now. Uh, they are hyper-liberal, hyper-socialist, and uh, you have to look at how church planning is being done there mm-hmm. and do that here now so that whatever ministry we do today is future-proof. Yeah. And so you look at them or you look at Asia and look at how those pastors and church planners are getting down. Yeah. 99.9% of them are not professional ministry people. Mm-hmm. They have jobs. Yeah. And uh, our country is going that way. Yep. Uh, there will come a time where, I mean, I think the majority of tithes uh, there's a lot of stats about this, but a lot of the tides are are contributed by uh, baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And when they pass away, first you're going to start seeing uh, a lot of guys have to retire because there's no income for them. They'll keep the young guys on staff. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you're not going to even be able to afford young guys. And you're, I think the day will come where there'll be way too many professional pastors who literally can only be pastors professionally. Mm. A lot of Bible degrees, not a lot of job openings. People will either have to change careers or they'll have to go to a new country. Mm-hmm. And so to me, if I was talking to a young ministry person, if they were listening to this podcast, to be future-proof, to be a successful minister, because ministry is a calling, it's not a career. Mm-hmm. This is a life calling. If you, That's if right. this is your life calling and you want to feed Jesus' sheep and reach the lost, and you want to take new kingdom for for Jesus, and that's a calling, and it's not going to change depending on whether you're getting paid for it or not. You have to figure out how to put food on the table, and mm-hmm. you need to have a tangible skill. So mm-hmm. I don't think that everybody needs to be uh, an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It takes a, def- a really specific skill set. Yeah, but you have to have a skill. A skill. Yep. You got to be able to work with your hands, or you got to be able mm-hmm. to 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 crunch numbers somewhere, yep. or you got to be able to do something well because. Mm-hmm. This world is not getting cheaper, right? So that's right. That's such a <clears throat> excuse me. That's such a good word because, like, I um, I joke with people a lot because you know I'll I'll tell people you know like I basically um you know put myself in in a hole when I decided to go and get a Bible degree as my undergrad degree because you literally can't do anything with that degree. Yeah, but the <laughs> except thing for it, work at Enterprise yeah. Rent a Car. But who was telling you otherwise? No, nobody was. Yeah. But here's the deal too, though. For me, like. Um, not everybody's the same. I do, I do think there are still, you know, people that God calls to full-time ministry. And, um, uh, that having said that, I still think it's a good idea to think about future proofing. Like you said, even if you are called to full-time ministry right now, I guess for, for, I've actually, you know, thought about, uh, that and, you know, and I've had some opportunities and, you know, to, to get into some different fields and, you know, after praying about it, just 
felt like I was, it's not what I was supposed to do that, um, you know, like God's called me to this till I die and that, you know, like this is just going to be what I do. Um, and, and part of that's just because of the unique way I'm, I'm, I'm wired honestly, because of my limitations is, is, is mm-hmm. why, um, just because I've got, I've got so much capacity and I feel like God's called me to put all of that capacity towards this. Like to, I'm, you know, I'm a very much like I'm an all in or an all out kind of person, yeah. but not everybody's like that. And I'll talk to a lot of young guys who they want to do ministry, right? They want to be involved in ministry. They want to, and, um, they don't want to do anything else. It's like, so the only, it's like they've got tunnel vision and if they can't do full-time ministry and that's it, they don't want to do anything else. And it's trying to help them see like, you know, that might not be realistic, especially in a country like Canada. Um, you know, that you might not be able to do that here. No, I mean, and I don't want to say that, uh, a new day won't come where millennials will start to tithe. I think that will help think that the Holy Spirit as he moves through uh, and, and grows millennials as we start to get into our 40s and mm-hmm. we, we start developing uh, good careers and stuff like that, I think he'll move us to generosity and mm-hmm. you'll start to see some of that baby boomer money get replaced. Yeah. Uh, however, millennials uh, only give to things that, that we give to a very specific cause. Mm-hmm. We give to very specific uh we want to see that the money is being used yep. in, in ways where people are tangibly being reached with the gospel or mm-hmm. needs are being met. Mm. And so uh, I don't know what the future will be like for churches that, uh, you know, 60 to 70 percent of their of their budget is going to salary and building salary, salary towards people who are authority figures, which yeah. millennials also are not fans of. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 look for peers and Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, the you know our generation does not value ownership. No, I remember talking to my my parents and the way that they view the world is like you know you get married, you buy yourself a nice teak dinner table, mm. and you drop a couple grand on this nice table, and mm. you get and the, they'll say stuff like it has to last, it has to last longer. But you know, in our generation, it's just so different. Like mm. we're the kind of people that. We'll go to Ikea, buy a table for a hundred bucks. When it breaks, we buy a new one. And uh, we just don't value ownership. And so Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what that's going to do to church buildings. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's funny. (laughs) I'm like the total opposite. I'm reading this book called Evangelism in a Skeptical World and uh, by Sam Chan. And uh, it's got some good stuff in there, but he talks a lot about like millennials and then Gen Z and just kind of like the postmodern mindset. Yeah. And I just, as I've been reading through it, though, I've just been—I've actually been kind of—I uh, ch- just thought it's funny, and it's kind of been laughing at myself as I'm reading through it. I'm realizing like how like different I am from most of the people uh, my age, and that I think uh, I think like an old person. You might be Generation reason. X. Well, I'm, I mean, technically, I fall into the millennial generation, but I definitely yeah. think I, I think like a Gen Xer. Like I, I don't. I think like a modernist, not a postmodernist. Yeah. Like I've definitely got a like the modernist mindset was drilled into me. Like, um, you know, for you know, for whatever reason, I think a lot of that comes from my dad, just because he had a huge inf- influence on my life. Right. <laughs> you, you know, the IKEA thing. Like, I do not buy cheap stuff. I want to buy something that's gonna last and that yeah. it's gonna, you know, be there. We just bought, uh, they just called me while we were doing this uh, uh, episode, but we're getting a new coffee table delivered, um, and it's made out of solid acacia wood, and, yeah. which is biblical wood, I which don't I was excited about. I don't know what that word means. Acacia wood's and it's what they built, I think they built the Ark 
to the covenant out of acacia wood? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah. they built something in Exodus out of acacia yeah. wood. Millennials would have built the ark out of plywood. <laughs> PVC pipe or something. PVC pipe and plywood. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah, we don't care about that. Like, we don't even buy cars anymore. That's why car sharing. We car don't buy sharing. movies. We stream oh. them. Dude, we need to do a to- we need to do another episode just talking about uh, millennials and Gen Z and like postmodern mindset. We should totally do yeah, that because I you've I've had some good talks with you about this. Put before. me down, I'll be back. Yeah, let's do it. We're gonna we're gonna talk some more. We gotta have some more conversation because I'm sure Matt's gonna probably like jet on us again one I week. Guarantee pretty it. soon. Yeah, Matt will be back next week. We can guarantee you that for sure, unless like. I don't know, unless something bad happens, but nothing bad's going to happen. So Matt's going to be here next week. So the Lord uh, wills, <laughs> the Lord wills. Hey, Jermaine, man, thanks for joining me today, dude. You're welcome, good, man. So, I like this. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I uh, love getting to just kick it with other, other church planners, talk about your experience, learn from you, man. Uh, you're doing awesome things. Uh, uh, be praying for Jermaine and for his family, you know, as they, uh, continue through this residency and as they continue to be on mission in the city of Oshawa, uh, they're, they're an incredible family and God's, God's already using them in some cool ways. And, uh, if you have any questions for, uh, Jermaine, um, just maybe about some of the ways, cause like there's few people I know that are doing a better job than Jermaine of just, uh, reaching and, and doing evangelism in the everyday stuff of life just throughout the rhythms of his day. And so if you want some, maybe some practical tips and insight from him, or you have specific questions for him on how to do that, I know he'd be happy to, to interact with you. Um, and I'll put his email address uh, in the show notes uh, so that that way uh, you're able to give him a shout and ask him questions. So I want to thank you guys, our listeners, for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, as always, make sure you head over to www.getinthetrenches.com and there you can find links to all of our other episodes. Uh, we've got some other content on there and make sure you jump onto iTunes or Google play or Stitcher and you hit the subscribe button. And, uh, if you haven't done it before, if you would leave us a five-star rating and then a written review that really helps to increase our exposure. Um, you guys say something? Yeah. You're on Spotify now. We are. I've noticed that you haven't listed it at all. In like mm-hmm. your in your show list, your I guess uh platform list. No, you're uh-huh. on Spotify. Oh, I didn't know that. You're in the big leagues now, man. All right, cool. So I guess we need to. I guess I need to talk to my my program manager. <laughs> you're there, man. About Spotify. Cool. So we're on Spotify. So if you prefer that platform, make sure you jump on there. And I'm gonna have to. I've got some work to do. It sounds like after I I close up shop here. Um. So yeah, leave us a written review. It helps increase our exposure. Uh, and we're going to be back next week with another episode. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. Church planners.